I feel like it's harder to go back. You know, like once you start interviewing people that are more well known, it's you have to be careful to not box yourself in um, and have nowhere else to go with your interviews or who you have on your podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Do Marketing Differently podcast presented by Go Rogue X. My name is Brian Fitton, and this is the podcast dedicated to those who want to serve first so they can stand out from the crowd. They're doing things differently, um, and you should do something differently. You should subscribe to this podcast because every single week we're dropping some knowledge bombs on marketing and tips and tricks. Right, Lauren Lewis? <laughs> That's right, Brian Fitton. All right. Hey, my <laughs> awesome co-host, Miss Lauren Lewis, is here to, uh, she does all the things around here. I do. Make, making things happen. Yeah. And uh, handling the day-to-day operations. But today we have a special episode because we have an amazing guest on, mm-hmm. uh, someone who I have a fondness for, the Miss Alex Fitton, the adoptive mom. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Yeah. We're very excited because we're going to dive into the Adoptive Mom podcast and all the success that you've had and how you've built basically all of that uh, and your Facebook group. And then obviously you have, you've had some big name guests on as well. So don't reveal anything just yet. Okay. But make sure you pay attention later on in this episode because we've got some really cool stuff happening. So yes. Stay yeah. alert. Absolutely. Attention. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, but before we jump into all that, we'd like to have a little fun. Right, Lauren? Right, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what is that fun, Lauren? You guys would make an amazing like morning zoo. <laughs> like, I think Brock Brock would, would love that. I think he would. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, each week, we like to talk about what you are obsessed with this week. So starting with our lovely guest, Alex, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay. So I thought long and hard about this because I feel like I'm always... Uh, observing new things. I'm a pretty late adopter to new trends and this is no different, but thanks to your actually you guys's uh, content coordinator. I have been in a TikTok pit lately um, and it, it is, it's like your time just disappears. Like you look at TikTok and then it's been 20 minutes and you're like, what happened with my time? I have not posted on TikTok because like I said, I'm a late adopter. Right. I don't want to, but I'm just observing. It's very fascinating to me to see how all these creators are doing things differently and it's all Ava's fault. So that's what I'm obsessed with. I'm digging it. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was an odd reaction from you guys. I, I feel We're shamed. Like, okay, okay. No, it was really good. In the sense that, like, that's a great thing to be obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I do blame Ava, our content coordinator. For yeah, you are not a fan at I home of me being on no. TikTok a lot. For the record, if you guys did not know this, uh, Alex is my wife. Yes. If they didn't know that. <laughs> Some might not have known that. Brian Fitton, Alex Fitton. Yeah, so. Just I a random piece of probably, well, she's <laughs> like, a fun fact for you. She's like, yeah, you don't like it at home. It's like, oh, yeah, there is a personal connection here. We probably need to state that for everybody listening out there who does not, uh, who did not catch it at the beginning. So, yeah. Lauren yes. is just barely hanging on in this episode. I'm telling you. I'm so sorry. Hey, Lauren, what are you obsessed with this week? Well, you know, once in a while I tell you I really don't like the word obsessed, even though it is what I chose. Um <laughs> But I know it is in a lot of social media, like chats right now, Space Force. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not obsessed with it. I wouldn't say that. I do. I was, I've watched the first two episodes. I heard a lot of bad things about it. And so I was really nervous about it. And then we watched it 
I think the pilot's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but the second episode was actually a lot funnier. And I was like, okay. But I think what I'm obsessed with is trying to like figure out what they were trying to accomplish with Space Force because it's a weird, like you kind of feel like it's it's still like Michael from the office, but not. And is he stupid or is he smart? Like I can't figure out what they were trying to <laughs> accomplish, which not is not a clear. good thing yeah. at all. And it's a kind of a disappointment because I think everybody wants something similar that you know yeah. they felt for the office, which is, sets it up for massive oh, failure absolutely. anyways. Yeah. But it has been really interesting to think about. I'm, I'm interested to finish it and see how it ends and all that stuff. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Well, I great. have heard, sorry yeah. to interrupt, no, 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 please, but please. Yeah, push speaking my language here. <laughs> um, I have heard that they never really pick a lane by the end of it. Somebody finished it and they they said the same thing that they're like, is it serious? Is it funny? Is he funny? Is he stupid? And that by the end of it, you're like, they never decided. <laughs> Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it was just The Office. I mean, Greg Daniels has made some, you know, even with Parks and Rec. Yeah. has been wonderful. And he also, for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm-hmm. right? Oh, is yeah. Mike Schur the writer on Brooklyn Nine-Nine too? I think so, yeah. Okay. I did not know this. I think were some of them. I think Andy Samberg wrote oh, yeah. some of them too. Yeah, they've the done Showrunner, some, yeah. And I don't know how involved Greg Daniels is with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it, all that is connected in the NBC umbrella. So, I mean, they did set it. I mean, it had the potential to be something It did. Big, yeah. That's sad. Oh, okay. So my obsession this week is actually space-related as well. Awesome. uh, SpaceX and NASA teamed up to launch Falcon 9 and the Dragon crew, the Dragon capsule, basically. Uh, It's been pretty cool this week to actually watch the launch. They had to delay it the first day because of weather, but then they uh, did a relaunch, and it was really awesome. And then Caleb... Our man behind the cameras, uh, we were setting up stuff for live streaming at the church, and we were able to watch the actual uh, docking on Sunday, um, them going into the uh, International Space Station. Oh, Bob and Doug. Bob and Doug, the astronauts. So we haven't launched anybody since 2011. That's from really American cool. Soil. It really it is. Amazing. I wish so badly I could have gone down there. And there was lots and lots of photos and different things about, you know, uh, the launch itself and people saying, obviously, a very historic moment. And so maybe one day. One day. I'll get down there. Maybe I can get you a ticket to Space Camp. <gasps> they did say Space Camp is like kind of coming back up. Like it's a, it's a it's thing. It's pretty now. cool. Do they let adults come? Yeah. If they're not it's, chaperones? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Adult space camp. Yes, Ava, I would love that. that Ava is still a youth, so is Caleb, so maybe you could be the chaperone. A youth. Youth. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll take you kids to space camp. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, my lovely wife here got me the NASA standards manual for any kind of graphics and stuff. For those of you who are watching on video, it's behind us, and it has been. This has kind of been a part of our like studio vibe since we were into space around here. And so, um, yeah, several designer friends that were really excited about it as well. Jeremy Teff of Hickory Design Company, and then also uh, Jonathan Littleton of Bear State designs he does some really cool stuff too they're all very excited because it tells you exactly what font to use Mm -hmm. like where positions of logos are on vehicles and why the american flag is actually backwards when it's on the space shuttle like there are a lot of like little things about it and so if you're interested in that and you want to nerd out please let me know because i will nerd out about nasa stuff all day long so anyway hey that was fun. <laughs> yes, it was. Sorry for my long ramble. This is very exciting. You get fired up about space. I do. I do. I want to go to space. You're a big fan of space. I like I like space. Anyway, you get, they're making fun of me right now, and that's okay. You Technically, know I was I'm making fun of Lauren's shirt yeah. that I bought for her. Choosing to ignore. <clears throat> oh, like, I like right. space. 
and personal space. Both outer and personal. <laughs> outer and personal space. And that is very true. It is very true. <laughs> so social distancing hasn't been a problem. Nope. Hanging out with us because Lauren's like, uh, everybody get back. <laughs> Stay away from me. Okay. Um, so I'm excited though. We're going to jump into this episode because it's going to be so freaking good. I'm very, very excited. He should be. About, about this episode because we need to highlight my awesome wife and all the things that she's done. So... Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so, Alex, tell us just a little bit about who you are and your podcast and the reason behind why you started The Adoptive Mom. Sure. Well, um, I am married to you, and I have we have four kids, two of whom are adopted. And so when we got into adoption, uh, we just realized how few resources there were to care for us and our hearts and where we were at. And so I decided to be the resource uh, with your encouragement. And so I launched the Adoptive Mom podcast in 2017. And in a few months, I will launch my seventh season. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a lot. It's really cool, though. It is. It is. Um, yeah. So was that the trip that we were coming back from Dallas that you mentioned? You're like, hey, I want to start this podcast. It was actually, it was uh, it was Alabama. We were driving through the oh, night right. because yeah, we yeah. thought that our kids would sleep and they didn't. Nope. But um, it was a good thought at least. And so in the middle of the night, you were asleep. The kids weren't. I was awake driving. And I thought of the idea for the podcast and I woke you up um, and I told you about it. And then you rolled over and went back to sleep. And then in the morning, I said, do you remember what we talked about? And you said, no. So then I had to tell you all over again. And then um, you were like, that sounds great. And I said, yeah, wouldn't that be cool to do in a few years? And like when life settles down and you were like, no, we're going to do it now. And so a month later, the Adoptive Mom podcast launched. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And it's been, I've done it consistently two seasons a year ever since. Yeah. Which you do about 15 episodes, right? Yes. A season. And I do have some bonus episodes. So it's not like a perfect e even number, which is hard for me visually. I really want it to be exact, but uh we're in the odd numbers but it is you know with some bonus episodes thrown in yeah 15 episode seasons and i have some consistencies so episode 10 is always brian interviewing a dad an adoptive dad um and so yeah that's the dad's episode i don't episode. think i realized it was episode 10 every it's always season. episode 10 oh, even though i've pushed back and tried to yeah he tries to throw off my schedule and i have to get <laughs> like, in his face have to record this week or can we record next week you're like no this week well it's this mainly because i bug you for months about it and you're like yeah 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 we'll get to it and yeah. i'm like no it's launching tomorrow so yeah but we've had actually another shout out friend of the show cr braniff yes actually was a, he's an adoptive dad he's been on our podcast multiple times uh storytelling through video is one of the best episodes that we've ever had and he had the most downloads i think so far yep. up until this point and so yeah. he's an adoptive dad i interviewed on the adoptive mom podcast and mm -hmm. those are usually pretty fun there's been some really great guys on that on the uh on those episodes so but, yeah yeah hey thanks so much um and we always tell people too especially people looking at doing podcasts that you know doing seasons it's probably better if you don't think you can consistently do 52 episodes and just keep going and going and going. Like with yours are definitely more, more content packed, more information packed. Like you have some amazing guests and stuff. And so I think that is actually smart to do it in that way. It's like, Hey, we have multiple seasons. That way you're not burning out. Mm -hmm. That way you're not just constantly trying to do that grind. And I know that that has been helpful for us in our life just family life in general and home life to be able to kind of take a little bit of a break yeah. and then do another another season, you know, in the fall and springtime and that, that type of stuff. And so anyway, uh, it's been really good. And I think if you are looking at starting a podcast, you should probably look at that. Yeah. Like, 
Well, it gives you an opportunity to batch record. Now, that's been really important to me. Um, The first couple seasons, I didn't batch record. And I wasn't ever down to the wire where I didn't have an episode for, you know, the next Monday or whatever. But it was still like I was trying to record and launch and do social media and all the things. And so now I all batch record all 15 episodes in my break. So like right now I'm in a recording season. So I'm doing you know, three to four recordings a week. But I know that when the season starts, all I have to worry about is launch. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so the reason that we were really excited to have you on the show was because we get, I mean, by the nature of our business, a lot of people that come up to us say, I wanna start a podcast. And <clears throat> as you know, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. Um, a lot of people get started and by the 10 episodes, they're like, wow, this is a lot of work and I've run out of ideas. Like I didn't plan for this and everything. And so that was one of the things we really wanted to talk to you about was the advice that you can give, especially to people starting out or building their podcasts. So what were some of the challenges you faced when you first started out with your podcast? Um, You know, I think that one of the things that was hard for me is I wanted it to grow a lot faster than it did. And not that it was slow for too long, but you know, I think that there's a natural progression when you start out with podcasts, unless you already have a platform, which many podcasters now do. I mean, we're in a time of quarantine. So there are tons of celebrities that are like, you know what I'll do, start a podcast. And they already have all these famous friends that they can interview. And for other people, it's, it's, you know, you're reaching out to those people in your circle first. Um, And so I think it's an odd transition. And I've said this in other interviews too, but it's an odd transition to go from, uh, kind of like within your circle interviews to then branching out. Um, and it doesn't seem like it would, it seems like it would be a natural transition, but it's hard because I feel like it's harder to go back. You know, like once you start interviewing people that are more well-known, it's, you have to be careful to not box yourself in um, and have nowhere else to go with your interviews or who you have on your podcast. So that was a challenge. Um, I think honestly, for me, it was learning social media. I really like talking to people and um, just interpersonal relationships are really important to me. And that's kind of, that's something that I pride myself on as being like a, I mean, that's what my degree is in. That's, you know, so uh, that's the side that I really love. And I did not understand all the other stuff that would come with it with social media and with promoting yourself and all the different pieces, email list and show notes and just all the other pieces that had to go in a content package for one episode that I recorded months ago. And I had a lot of fun recording, but now I have to do all the stuff for it. So, Yeah, now that makes a lot of sense too. And you kind of hit on this a little bit, but what is it like to to really grow that audience? And what what were you doing you know, really kind of, kind of explain that a little bit more about what you're doing to grow that audience. Sure. So I think, um, one thing was when I started the podcast, I decided what I wanted each episode to look like. And I knew that what I didn't want was for it to be, um, just story based. So the storytelling, the journey of the adoption, um, for each guest is an important part of the episode, but I knew that that could not be all the episode because yeah, that's a great idea of just like, Hey, it's a podcast about adoption stories. But I I say, it's kind of like watching a scary movie. After you watch a few of them, you become desensitized and it's just not that scary anymore. And adoption stories are always really cool. But when you've heard them every single week, they become just kind of like, oh, it's another adoption story. So that was something I really intentionally did not want to create burnout for my audience. I did not want them to get bored or uninterested because it's just another story. Um, So I really try to keep it topical, which is another thing I have to try to not box myself in on is um, 
constantly coming up with new ideas. So I'm about to launch a season that's all about the Enneagram. And it's going to be my first season that is entirely like one topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's one thing is I wanted to make sure I was serving the, my audience by giving them topics that were going to feed their hearts and their souls and not teach them how to be a better parent or something like that. And sure there are episodes that are like that, but keeping that one format, that one goal um, in mind for each and every episode has been something that's been really important to me. And even when people come to me with ideas for episodes, I'm always trying to twist it in my mind to say like, how could I make this fit into that mold and not just be something I want to do because I feel like it. So consistency has been really important. Um, and as far as the other stuff, I'll be honest, it's, it's been since the social media and the promotion and all that doesn't come naturally, that's been a learning curve for me. And I've been able to rely really heavily on people that are an expert in those things like you two um, or just other people that we've been able to surround ourselves with. Um, I'm a big believer in like, if you're not an expert in something, don't get cocky and like pretend that you are. Let people shine in what they do best and and ask for help in those areas. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So. really thinking about like maybe someone who's like maybe they've had their first season and they're looking and they're like, I really enjoy this. I'm I'm growing, but excuse me, I want to grow my audience. So what practical steps would you tell them to do to grow their audience? I think engaging with people is the first step and engaging with people with people on social media. um, One of the pieces of advice that I got early on was to specifically follow certain hashtags that have to do with your audience and your topic. And then to like carve time out, like schedule time out of your day to just go to those hashtags. Don't go to the top. The, the, you know, the, on the left-hand side is the top posts and on the right-hand side is the recent post. Go to the recent post because that's going to be people that will actually see your comments that are not, you know, they don't have a million followers um, and engage with them and be genuine about it, which is another thing that people often don't do. They just go and click three emojis and move on, but actually engage with them, respond to what they said. Um, because I think that when, when I'm thinking about what I do best, what I do, am passionate about, which is that interpersonal relationships, how can I leverage that to grow my audience instead of feeling like I'm being fake about it? And so if building relationships and building community is the key, then how can I do that? And so creating a pod, like a Facebook group um, surrounding the podcast and inviting people to be able to share their hearts and be open and honest and raw um, and protecting them in that space and doing that has been really difficult, but really important. Because if you build, um, if you create a movement, it's gonna get people involved and make people care about what you're doing so much more than if you're just feeding them pieces of content over and over and over again. Yeah, no, I I was hoping you'd bring up the Facebook group because that is something that I think has been pretty successful compared to a lot of other you know, I guess marketing things for for a, a podcast, but you have created a genuine community of people and really of adoptive moms and adoptive uh, parents in general and dads and also foster parents. Like there's that community. I mean, it's called adoptive moms, uh, but there's a bunch of people in there and including previous guests that have been on mm-hmm. your show. Um, people can ask questions and they, a lot of times they will chime in or, you know, if you're releasing an episode or something like that. Um, and I think you've done a really good job of, again, kind of creating that movement to where it's like, um, you know, this is the reason why we exist. 
not just, hey, here's a new episode, here's a new episode, here's a new episode, but it's like, this is a place for you to be able to come and get support and get grace and just be able to openly talk about things and openly talk about what you're going through and not be shamed in that. And so you recently had, uh, tell us, well, I, I say this, I mean, tell us about recently you've had to kind of restructure that group a little bit because there's so many toxic Facebook groups out there, which is really sad. A lot of keyboard warriors out there. Mm-hmm. And you started to kind of see that a little bit in your group. Tell us kind of what you did and what how you kind of restructured that. Well, going back to what I said before about keeping keeping that mold that I care so much about. I care so much about my podcast serving the adoptive mom. And I think there's there's so much shame in the fact that a lot of people say, well, you're not speaking truth. You're not, um, that's not right. Or I'm, I'm trying to figure out even a way to say it. It's, it's if you're not teaching people how to be better, then it's not worth the time. And, and I disagree. I think that there are plenty of resources out there that are, you know, that are working on the birth mom's heart or the adoptee's heart. And those are great. And I want to promote them, but I can't be all of those things. All I can do is the one thing that I care most about, which is, which is helping the adoptive mom. And so if we're looking at how to protect her heart um, and not just teaching her how to be better, then what is that? How does that translate into my communication with all of my listeners and the friends that care about the show and that are passionate about it? And in the, the Facebook group, there was so much of like, well, this woman is wrong or this woman is, you know, asking a question and I'm going to teach her how to do it right or how to do it differently or where she's wrong or why that's, you know, politically incorrect or whatever else. And sure, there are certain standards, like there's not going to be racism or homophobia or xenophilia or anything like that in the group. But Mm. other than that, like, you know what, you get to post something and be wrong and just ask for, ask for support there because you're hurting. And even if you're not right, that's not my job. That's not their job, the other people in the group. And I had to say like, you're not even qualified to do this. And so posting those hard, um, those hard kind of like, Hey, I'm not your mom and we're going to do better here. And I, I just, I tried for so long to be able to reach out to people individually and try you know, delete their comments and be like, this is why I deleted your comment. And I just had to get to the point where I just, I have to remove users because above all, I have to protect the mamas who are in there who are hurting and have nowhere else to turn because they're having to protect the feelings of so many different people in that adoption triad, which is good, but everyone needs a place where they can just be real. And that group is that place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've done a good job of that. And, and really having, you have a good team of admins kind of behind you who are already in that space, who are in, understand that pain and understand um, really where those people are coming from. And so I think it's been great. All right. So we're going to kind of shift gears here and let's talk a little bit about guests and scheduling those for specific topics. And how do you, how do you pick those topics? But then also you've, you've had some pretty awesome Finale guess, I mm-hmm. guess, I guess, guess, right? Yes. 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 Uh, and so this, especially this last season, but then the season before, I mean, your guest list seems to just keep rising. And so it's pretty cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed getting to, um, I have a, a guest bucket list oh. and I've now been able to check two people off that list, which has been really fun, but I'm also, um, I'm pretty determined person. And so, uh, I've only had two people ever like turn me down. And that kind of feels good to be that able to cool. be like yeah. to go after someone like Corey Robertson and um, and just reach out and make it happen. Um, Who is Corey Robertson? Oh, from Duck Dynasty of oh. Duck Dynasty fame. Um, so that was really neat because that was someone that, you know, that show came on when we were before we even had kids and 
what I was able to see their adoption story on um, national television. Yeah. And I don't think I would have ever thought like, I'm gonna interview her someday, but it was really cool being able to just have a Skype call with her and be like, this is Corey Robertson that I'm talking to you right now. And then same thing with Leanne Tui uh, from Blindside fame. Um, that was really neat. And I've been able to interview some other bigger names that are not maybe like national household names, but are big within the adoption community, um, which has been just really neat and authors and um, getting a peek behind the curtain into a world that I have dreamed of being in for such a long time of authors and speakers and being able to like have those people's phone numbers in my phone now and um, to feel closer to that world. Um, and that's been really cool. I've, as far as my process goes, um, like I said, I'm pretty determined and I will try a lot of different methods to get a hold of people. But Instagram has actually been really successful. I mean, that's mm -hmm. how I was able to land Leanne Tui. I just reached out to her on Instagram. Um, Beth McCord, who's coming up and being able, I'm going to be able to interview her, um, your Enneagram coach, uh, Enneagram and Coffee, and just some other people like that that have been um, fairly easy to connect with via Instagram. As far, you know, other, other ways you can just go on their website and fill out a form, but um, choosing those topics it, it's a couple of different ways. You know, sometimes I have someone that I just really want to talk to and I will mold that interview into something adoption related <laughs> because I just want to. I mean, that was with Heather McFadden of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. She's not an adoptive mom, but I really wanted to talk to her. So we made it a topic that was adoption friendly. Um, but then there are other things like the the upcoming Enneagram season where I can look at look at a list of topics or a calendar of topics and then pick people to fill those topics. So it really just depends on the type of episode on the season. Um, yeah, it, it just well, depends. I, I will say this too, though. I mean, you had, especially with Heather McFadden, I mean, Don't Mom Alone is really the theme of what you're doing mm -hmm. too. So it's not like it's so far outside of the scope of things. I mean, it may not be adoption centered, but it's definitely for a moms in general. Like I've, I've heard people even say comments on your podcast, like, well, this was just good advice for just any mom, mm -hmm. not necessarily being just an adoptive mom. And so um, it is one of those things I think it, you kind of have to keep it in that same ballpark and arena, but you can definitely make it work. Oh yeah. And I think it's, that's, as you start podcasting, you realize you have to do that because mm -hmm. you're going to run out of people mm -hmm that you'd want to talk to. Um, yeah. And so it's understanding, I think the big part is listening to your audience and saying, what's gonna benefit them? And it doesn't have to be like, it's not a set of, break the rules, yeah. it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as it's serving your audience, not necessarily just serving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or just staying within some type of topic or box that you feel like you have to stay in, so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what has that been like to kind of break out of that a little bit and explore you know, different people and different topics in the, in the adoption world or mom world? Um, you know, that's, that's been, that's been difficult because there are some things that are that ruffle feathers and that, uh, make people upset. You know, I did a, a three part series or two part series on adoption and race. And that was two years ago. And certainly as we're recording right now, our country is in such a difficult time with racial, racial relations and reconciliation. And, um, it, that's a big deal. You know, white parents who are adopting kids of other nationalities and races and ethnicities like that, that's really a tough topic. And that was something I labored over for a long time because it's an important conversation to have, but it's so difficult to do it right. And, mm -hmm. um, and within the adoption space, you never want to make it worse and just have white parents talking about stuff they have no business talking about yeah. again. And so being able to highlight, um, 
voices of color and voices of, you know, just different ways of life. Um, so having some of those hard conversations has been, um, you know, really, really important. But I think that's another thing that walking into this, I, I didn't consider that. I didn't think about the, the heaviness of, um, of almost having a duty to talk about those things. You know, recently I did an episode on abortion and that was really difficult because I knew that I was going to hurt or offend or whatever listeners either way. Um, but you get to a point in your career and your platform where you, you kind of have to stand up for who you are and we don't get to just be silent on those things. Um, so being able to do that with grace is really like, that's something I don't take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. It's powerful stuff. It is. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate that. Yeah, and, uh, this has been good. Me. I think it's definitely been good for our listeners to hear. Um, if you're looking at starting a podcast, like the struggles and challenges and stuff that you go through with that, but then building an audience and really kind of bringing it home to this is why this exists to help this this certain amount of people. Um, and I think it's just I think it's really cool. So thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was a this is out of all the episodes or like interviews that I've done for other podcasts. This is my favorite because it's with you guys. Yes, it should be. So tell our audience a little bit about where they can find you and what's coming up next on your next season. Okay. So like I said, I'm doing an Enneagram season, which I am very excited about because um, I really enjoy the Enneagram. It helps mm -hmm. me to, you know, I talked earlier, interpersonal like relationships are really, really important to me. And I feel like the Enneagram has helped me understand other people and have better empathy for them um, in a completely new way than ever before. And so I'm very excited to be able to talk about adoption journeys through the lens of the Enneagram. That's going to be launching in August. Um, I'm also going to be launching a small group initiative through the podcast, which I'm very excited about. Um, and you wanted me to share where people can find me. So yes, yeah, adoptive, the adoptive mom podcast.com. Um, also at the adoptive mom on Instagram and Facebook. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I think you yeah. can sign up for, yeah, there's all the things you can sign up for stuff and whatever, but oh, all of <laughs> the adoptive mom podcast.com is where you can find all of that. We'll have to have you back on talk about Patreon and how to, yes. you know, yeah. give value back to your audience and still be able to get, you know, cover some costs and stuff too. Daniel, who does mm -hmm. some of our editing and stuff uh, from Look What I Did. He's he's an awesome guy. And the Voice Press Network, which we are a part of, and the Adoptive Mom is a part of. Yes. You yes. Check out them out for some awesome podcasts. Uh, he referenced the Adoptive Mom podcast in he his did. Patreon episode. So Yeah, you should totally check out that episode for just kind of getting started with how do you get started with Patreon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's a great resource. Whole new Man, world. it's just so much here. So make sure that you guys look and find all the links at the uh, said the adopted mom podcast.com. Uh, you can go there for all yeah, of her links and everything. Please visit that. <laughs> uh, but also show notes and everything are over at go rogue X.com on our blog and podcast page. And you'll find everything that we've talked about there. True. So thanks so much again. Make sure that you guys subscribe, check out voice press network, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks.
All right, Miss Alex Fitton, are you ready for rapid fire? I'm so ready. Lauren, I love this. Are you ready for rapid fire? I am. You have the questions. I so do. I hope so you're I ready. don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rock and roll. All right. Rapid fire. What trend are you ready to die off? Oh, goodness. Should I go first? Please. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I am very over the night, like the worst parts of the 90s coming back. Are we talking about fashion trends or any trends? Any trend. It doesn't matter. I'm just over it. I'm tired of it. We already did this. We decided it was a bad idea. Right. Why are we doing it again? It's because all of these youths didn't live through the youths. first time. <laughs> and so now they're like, you know what's a great idea? Dark lip liner with lighter lipstick. Let's try that again. No, it's no, a bad that it's a bad, bad idea. idea. We didn't like it the first time. We don't like it now. You're gonna look back on these pictures and be like, what was I thinking? Okay, rant over. Okay. That, that was a good one. That yeah. was a good one. Mine was similar to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the fashion realm. So for some reason, I don't know what this is with like, I'm, I'm involved in the church world, right? And right. so following like a lot of bigger church worship leaders and different things. I don't know what the deal is with the, uh, and Caleb, Caleb know this. It is like the sweatpants, but like the the uh, hanging tassels or whatever, like your pull strings, they're like hanging down in front. Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. It is a I've thing. I've seen it. It's weird. And it's like speakers on stage, they will have like hanging drawstrings down in front of the it's just it's distracting i don't okay. want to look at anybody's crotch okay. i'm sorry no no no. it's just long it's just, <laughs> just the streams are just yeah it just looks like it's untied i blame kanye west i'm just saying did kanye do that i think so ah, probably anyway i don't like that it's weird <laughs> i not have yet okay to see that or maybe i just i'm not as bothered uh, by we're gonna it. find it okay um, <laughs> <laughs> so passionate about this right too. <laughs> so mine is like similar to alex's um in the i cannot stand it the high-waisted jeans that are way too tight for women and they're like barely buttoned and so they have like this weird bubble <laughs> <laughs> with a crop top so it accentuates it way further <laughs> and i hate it frames their body Goodness. so bad they look horrible they look so bad it's not good it's yeah. not a good look so it should die <laughs> we basically all the all the fashion trends and mainly 90s yeah and that was where mine it's went it's a to. bad fashion there's so many good things about the 90s and so many good fashion trends that i'm like oh man that, i miss that what I do you miss I can tell you, Doc Taylor or Doc Martens, that's what he misses. I do miss Doc Martens. He loves him some I Doc do. Martens. I, do. I don't like the, speaking of the 90s, the foam clogs. Like, uh, yeah. I had some in the 90s and they're yeah. back and I'm like, why? I miss the plaid and like all the like grunge. I like the grunge stuff. Yeah. That's okay. Like the plaid shorts? No. <laughs> Like, like I was like the knots, shirts. not the 90s. <laughs> the Goodness. Goodness. I don't know what The round meant. glasses. I do miss the wireframe glasses. Those are always kind of. I think that was the 60s thing, wasn't it? That was the 90s. I had a pair and I looked baller. Okay, I'm just thinking John Lennon. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it was. So it was we've gone. All right, we've move gone on. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> Get this train back this. on the tracks. Okay. Fire. What show are you embarrassed you have watched and liked? Mm, not just watched it. Mm. You liked it. <laughs> think about this. Gilmore Girls. You do like Gilmore, do Girls. Like Gilmore Girls. You like Gilmore I Girls? I do. So yes. many banter. That's not really that embarrassing, though. For, for, for a man. For me, it is. Not just for a You're man. You're too macho for Gilmore Girls. It not, has nothing to do with a guy, like a cliche stereoty <laughs> stereotypical. Is that a word that we would use to describe Macho? 
<laughs> um, stereotypical guy. All right, Ava pulled it up. The drawstrings, they're a thing. Oh. And that's plaid too, right? That's and this hideous. this combination of multiple things happening. Yeah. I miss yeah, the high tops. That. Yeah. Yeah, camera can't see it, but uh, we'll send a link to whatever Ava is looking <laughs> at. In the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Um, yeah, so Gilmore Girls, I did enjoy it. She, she has a lot of shows she watches, but Gilmore Girls was one of those that I was like, I can sit through this. Mm. I edited podcasts most of the time through it, but I got to connect with Luke and team Jess, Jess, Jess. I thought he had Jesse. Was it Jesse or is it Jess? It's Jess. Your okay. team, we're all team Jess here. Can we agree? I don't know. As a, as a, Just tell as me a Go Rogue X family, we're team yeah. Jess. Who knows? Well, all right. What's your shows? <sighs> so I don't know that I have one that's recent but more um when i was a kid that i could still watch like i really enjoyed kim possible and lizzie mcguire and disney plus has made like i watch it and i was like i'd still watch this like kim possible i'm, I'm still digging this it's okay not just for kids um oh high school musical and that's not, that's a movie uh, not a show isn't it a show though no, I think so, no. well okay, i'm sorry they have movie. a new one that's like a reality show yeah okay okay but, Gotcha. Mine's terrible. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hear this. You had some time to think about this. I did, but mine's bad. Okay. It's Stargate. Oh. (laughs) So I watched that like eons ago, a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have to admit, I somewhat enjoyed it. And it was very geeky. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's very embarrassing. But Uh, I did actually enjoy it. So I have to be honest. Oh, I want to change mine. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That reminded me. I scared him. (laughs) CSI. Yeah, you That's do. That's not like, embarrassing. Okay, mm, but like in the later seasons, not yeah, with like Snobby well, Brian, but like for like most people, Ted Danson. I'm just saying, it like it got very cheesy toward oh, the end, sure, and sure. I was still eating it up. So yeah, hey, that was good. Yeah, awesome. Hey, thanks for those, Lauren. No problem. All right, and we're out. Griffin uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. <laughs>